Hello, how are you doing today? Welcome. Um, I'm Dolly Barker. I'm so thankful that you tuned in today. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about all this big um, self-esteem issues that are going on right now you hear about in the, the media. And I know that Instagram and Facebook um, took the likes off of their posts or something so that people could could cope with how many likes they got and stuff like that. And it just got me to thinking um, about, you know, where we are as a society that people have to protect us from something like that. And, and it got me thinking, you know, I think the truth behind all of it is, is we don't know who we are. You know, that's why, that's why people are just murdering people nowadays, because they don't have any self-worth. And if you don't have any worth, then you're not valuable. You don't see any value in yourself. Then you don't see any value in somebody else. And, you know, God thought you were very valuable. I mean, the cost to redeem your life was Jesus's life. You know, something is only as valuable as what somebody's willing to pay for it. And you are so valuable that God decided that he needed to give up everything and die that horrific death just so that he could purchase you. You are that pearl of great price that that the guy went and sold everything he had so that he could obtain it. Um, That's who you are. And the problem with what's going on right now is we're not teaching that. We're, nobody's hearing that message because there's so many voices out there trying to convince you that you're not important, that you're inadequate, that you need everybody else to tell you what if you're worth anything or, any, or something. I don't know. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit today because I want to assure you, you are the most valuable thing on this earth. The entire earth was created just for you. And right now, um, you know, you've been adopted. If you're born again, that's step number one. That's a lot of the problem is we're, we're no longer, you know, the gospel is no longer reigning at the authority over this entire nation. And we have a, a breakdown in that. And because we do, people are not realizing that they have been bought and purchased and they have been adopted into the family of God and have become heirs and joint heirs with Christ. That means you are literally God of this earth. You, as a believer, are the body of Christ and He is God of this earth and you are His body. That literally makes you God of this earth. You are so extremely valuable and you are exactly what God needed you to be in order to do what God has sent you on this earth to do. I think it was the Blues Brothers, maybe, that movie where those guys are standing there and they say, you know, we're on a mission from God. Well, let me tell you, you're on a mission from God. He has a plan for you. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 1.5, before you were even in your mother's womb, God knew you. He talked to you. He told you what it is you're going to do. And he already provided it for you. You know, what we've got here is a biblically illiterate um, country. The Bible says we're destroyed by lack of knowledge. Not that we're stupid. We just don't have the knowledge because we're not hearing the truth. It's very, very important for you as a believer, if you are going to try to accomplish anything worthwhile with your life, 
If you're going to try to fulfill your calling, master the world, you know, dominate and replenish a plant, occupy all the things that the Lord told you to do when he put you in this earth. If you're going to do those things, you're going to have to figure out who God says you are. And not worry about what people think about you. I don't remember which one it was, but some great, big, wealthy guy, some rich, successful man, he said, you know, everybody will always tell you, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know, this is against you, and this is the problem, and this, and this, and this, until you make it. And then after you make it, those same people will be there saying, yeah, I always knew you could do it. You know, they want to be on your team, but again, they don't think that they can do anything All they see are the limits that the world has put on them, and so they put that off on you. I want to tell you right now, you're not limited. There are no limits on your life. Nobody and no thing can hinder you. Everything that you see in the natural realm is temporal. The Bible says all those things will change. But what you don't see is eternal. God's plan for your life will prevail over your circumstances regardless of what your circumstances are. None of us got to choose what family we were born into. None of us got to choose what color we were, whether we were going to be male or female. You don't get to choose these things. You don't get to choose whether you were rich or poor or whether you've got some talent to play the piano or maybe you're just a genius in algebra. You don't get to choose these things. All those things were given to you. I tell kids at school all the time, you'll have one child that is super good in math, and they'll be kind of condescending to the kids sitting next to them who can spell any word you throw at them, but they struggle with, you know, fractions. And I have to remind them, I said, listen, were, were you born with that knowledge? Okay, well, so you got that gift from God, and you've developed your gift, and praise God for it. But everybody's not, doesn't need the same gift you have. They have different gifts over here. And so you cannot compare yourselves with each other and try to assume who's better. Listen, there's room at the top for everybody. You know how many people are down here at at ground level? Look how many, how few are living in the mountaintop. There's plenty of room in the top of the mountains. You know, as, as you get further away from the earth, as you get higher and higher, it gets more and more roomy. There's plenty of room up in the sky. There's room for everyone at the top to function in what they're called to function in. You know, we get to looking at other people. I I think it was, uh, it was Bill Winston or Jesse Duplantis. One of them said last week, they said, everybody's born an original, but most people die a copy. Instead of figuring out who you are and what your role is, we're all trying to become somebody else. And nothing will be more miserable. I remember in school, man, I was everything. When I hung around a bunch of people that were farmers, I was a farmer. You know, I wore jeans and all that stuff. When I was uh, around a bunch of punk rockers, I was a punk rocker. When I hung around a bunch of jocks, I was a cheerleader. I played ball. You know, when I hung around, whatever group of people I was hanging around, because I was young and impressionable and I was trying to fit in, I always became whatever everybody around me was. Listen, you got to find yourself. And some people are just in rebellion to everything out there. And that's not good either. But you're here and you have a purpose. Whenever you think about items like household appliances 
And you think about a lawnmower. A lawnmower is, you know, you push it, it, you, it walks upright, it's got a motor in it, it makes a roaring noise. And a vacuum has all those same qualities. But if you take a vacuum out in your front yard and think you're going to vacuum the yard, you are going to destroy that vacuum. It is not going to be effective in doing what it was designed to do. And if you take a lawnmower into the house and you're going to just um, lawnmower the carpet, there's going to be an emptiness with that lawnmower that you can't even explain because they're not doing what they were created to do. And what you have to seek is God's will for your life. What does God say about you? What gifts has God given you? When you figure out who you are and you quit listening to the, the media and the world and all these influences out there, when you figure out who you are, you are going to start having a satisfied life. And that is very, very important. Not only in this realm, you know, when you figure out who you are and you're born again, so your spirit man is alive unto God and you're finding out who you are and you're walking in that calling. As you walk out that calling in faith, you are literally saving your soul. As you save your soul, that is treasures that are going to be laid up in heaven for you. Listen, there's levels in heaven. There's levels with the angels. There's levels with anointings. There's level with everything. There's levels. There's different degrees of what heaven is going to be like. And I'm telling you right now, how you walk out this pilgrimage here on this earth, how you save your soul is going to determine what you live like for eternity. People say to me, I'm born again, and I believe that God is with me. I truly do, and I, so I don't understand why I have to serve God. And I'm like, because you're supposed to be working out the salvation to the saving of your soul. Three times in the New Testament, that's what it tells you you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be redeeming your spirit, I mean your mind, will, and emotions. You're supposed to be doing that. And at some point, your body's going to be redeemed, and it's going to be over. But right now, you're supposed to be walking out the salvation to the saving of your soul, which not only will bring you benefits of successful living here on the earth and a satisfaction with your life knowing that you're doing what you were created to do. I tell you what, you take a lawnmower outside and put them on the yard and turn them on and get to cutting the grass, and that lawnmower is satisfied. At the end of the day, that lawnmower, you want to look back over that yard, and you're like, wow. I am amazing. That's what's missing in the church today because we're trying to all be cookie cutter Christians and we're trying to all act right and we're trying all to put on this facade like we've got it all going on and we're trying to look like everybody else when the fact is barely anybody in the kingdom of God is becoming who they were supposed to be. They're supposed to be a manifestation of the sons of God. They're supposed to be a church in the earth right now that's doing greater works than these is what Jesus said. There's supposed to be a church in the earth that's walking in power and anointing, following the example of Elisha, how he had double all the miracles that Elijah had. Where are the miracles, church? Where are the signs and the wonders? Where are the gifts that are in operation? Where are the people that are supposed to rise up and rule this earth? I'm telling you right now, the church ain't going out of here defeated. When the church pulls up out of here, when we hear that trumpet sound, baby, we're going to be running this show. 
There is a church that's waking up right now and figuring out who they are. And they're redeeming the time because the days are evil. Listen, they're not listening to what people think. They're not watching how many likes they got to see if they're going to be okay today. Yeah, I know you want to see. Make sure. Hey, am I even saying anything that remotely makes any person think? Yeah, I get it. But that does not determine your self-worth. You're valuable because Jesus Christ died for you. You're valuable because God placed value on you, because God made you, because you're part of the body of Christ, because the Lord said you're valuable. That's what makes you valuable. What people think has no bearing on it. You know, we don't get to choose where we start at, but we all have a decision to make about where we're going to end up. And that is how judgment with God is going to be fair. Because when you stand in front of God, you're not going to be able to blame your mama or the politician or the population of the town or the neighbor or your fifth grade teacher or anybody else. If you're going to do something with your life, you're going to have to hook up with God and find out what he wants you to do. And you're going to have to get in faith and walk this thing out. There'll be no blaming anybody else. You know, I hear, I hear so often, and I, yeah, I hate to be happy, but let me tell you what I hear all the time. Is, oh, there's no crying in heaven, no crying in heaven. Where did you read that? Because my Bible tells me that there's going to be so much crying in heaven that God is going to have to wipe away the tears. There's going to be a boatload of regret going on in heaven when we get there and figure out we didn't do the thing we were created to do because somebody didn't like our post on Facebook. We're going to have regret because we didn't know we should go to church or read the Bible or have a relationship with God because nobody told us that there was more to life than just getting born again. You know what? If we just had people get born and then we just let them be in the hospital and that was the end of it, oh, you made it. You were born. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? No. That's when their life starts. That's when you start training them. You teach them how to eat. You teach them how to potty train. You teach them how to walk and run and ride a bike in a car. And you teach them how to rule and reign. You teach them, you raise them up to be kings and priests, rulers over the entire world. That's what's supposed to be happening in the church. And instead, we're all trying to decide if homosexuality is the one that's going to send you to hell or if it's gluttony. And nobody is thinking about the bigger picture. All men have sinned. But by the grace of God, His mercy is new every day. The Lord Jesus Christ redeems your life from destruction. The blood of Jesus covers you and cleanses you from all unrighteousness, which gives you the opportunity and the ability to come and stand in God's presence and talk to Him and find out, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? What am I called to do? Who am I? That is what the Lord purchased for you. And don't let some religious person that tells you, well, you got to clean yourself up first. Please, which person that God ever used in the Bible had their act together? Name one. Besides the Lord Jesus, that's it, man. You got everybody in the Bible had massive problems. 
while they were being used by God. Not in the past. Oh, well, yeah, I used to do this, but now I'm this. They had literal problems while they were in the middle of doing the will of God for their lives. And all of a sudden, we got a church now preaching, well, you can't do the will of God for your life because you made a mistake. Oh, well, I'm sorry, holy one. You mean to tell me you've never made a mistake and yet you're still standing in a pulpit? I'm telling you, God's got a plan for you. And you can't let anybody come between what God has called you to do and what you're going to do. And only in finding out the will of God for your life is your whole world going to make sense. That's it. It's not only going to make sense, but it's going to be something that is exciting to you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to spark every passion you have. It's going to affect every relationship you have. It's going to affect everything in your world. It's going to cause you to desire more, and it's going to cause you to grow, and it's going to cause you to become what God's called you to be. And then when we rapture out of here, you're going to stand in front of God, and you're going to hear, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That is going to matter more than anything else that is even imaginable. Nothing that you can think or ask is going to be greater than that. I'm telling you right now, quit worrying about what people think about you and go spend some time with God. You are here for a reason that is just as important as anybody else's reason. You are as valuable to God and to the move of God in the earth as any other person. You go do you, and I'm going to go do me. And we're going to have victory because we're going to be unique. I'm not going to try to be you, and don't try to be me, and I'm not going to try to do everything the way you do it, and you don't try to do everything the way I do it. You get your personal relationship with God, and you go forward and do what He's called you to do. Is this your time or not? The Bible says you're here. This is your time of your pilgrimage. Are you going to take advantage of the opportunity that God's given you on this earth to figure out what the will of God for your life is and pursue it or not? You get to choose. That's the beautiful thing about God. I'm setting before you this day, life and death, blessing and cursing. You can choose whatever you want and you can choose on a daily basis what you're going to do. And nobody, nobody on this earth can stop you and God from doing the will of God for your life. But the sad part is nobody on this earth can do it for you. When we all get to heaven, it's going to be what did you do with the talents and the abilities and the things that I gave you? What did you do? And it's going to be straight up the most fair thing you've ever seen in your life because every decision that affected whether or not you did it or not was going to be a decision that you and only you made. 
I've tried to make other people do my will for me. And I've tried to do the will of God for other people. And I'm telling you through lots of hard knocks, it cannot be done. But this is your opportunity, man. I want to encourage you. It's an exciting life. It's good, man. God's got a lot of stuff for you. He's got blessings for you. He's got just opportunities and things that are just going to, oh, just going to thrill you beyond anything you can dream up. And it's all for you and it's all available. All you have to do is seek God and find out what do you want me to do, God? Amen. God bless you. Listen, follow me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and stuff and YouTube. And, and, and I'm going to try to keep you motivated. I'm going to try to keep you fed so you can continue to fight forward and do this thing that God's called you to do. Amen. Listen, God bless you big. I love you. And I'll talk to you soon.